0: I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather. Now at com. Welcome
1: to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. PWI Daily Edition back once again to talk about Purdue. This time we're discussing the Purdue defense. And to do that, as we did last time, we're going to switch things up. So this is the last time you're going to hear me really doing any sort of officiating to the show senior editor nate bauer he's going to be doing that in just a little bit as we get started on the pwi daily edition i don't know that i ever say something completely and honestly truthful in those intros because there's always a little bit of like yeah okay i, I do have to set things up once again so Nate I I am officiating here for a second but you're taking over today as we discuss the Purdue defense to get ready for week one of the Penn State football season
0: yeah I was gonna say it's it's not a good way to start the show with a complete lie that's just not (laughs) that doesn't that doesn't connect with our audience T. Frank it's
1: the spirit of what I'm trying to say it's not I'm not a letter of the law person I'm much more a spirit of what's supposed to be done
0: yeah. No. You, you. You. And look, I think that the sentiment is right. I'm gonna, I'm gonna tee these up for you. I've got some yeah. questions, and I think you did some Purdue scouting slash forward looking uh, film work. So let's get right into it. What uh What do you see? What are your overall impressions of? Maybe not necessarily the personnel because obviously there's been some personnel changes right it's just but what does Purdue do defensively what do they like to do
1: yeah so I I was able this time around to do a little more of the scouting on on the personnel because it was so important you know the, the quarterback is the quarterback when we talk about the offense that's really the quarterback the play caller everything flows from there but on defense it very much is all 11 pieces are important now to certain degrees and certain players are more important than others. And, you know, kind of what they were last year. And that kind of sets up why we need to talk about some of the transfers is what they were last year was the D lines really good. And the secondary is terrible. And the D line made up for a lot of mistakes that the secondary made and covered some, you know, wallpapered over some dudes getting beat just like a drum regularly. Yeah. Yeah
0: what i mean what it, obviously george Karloftis is not with that program anymore yeah do they have the ability to to continue to work right from that angle of just yeah. if if the personnel's not better in the secondary then then what do they do without him
1: so uh, and I, I i i looked up his name I'll start with the other guy because Karloftis is the obvious headliner. You're not replacing him. You know, that like there's no player that's going to come in and be a first round pick that easily. So it is about a facsimilation of can you generate pressure? And that needs to come, I think, from more than one place. And that answer is no. I don't see enough guys on the roster for Purdue to get that level of pressure where you just couldn't block him, whether it was speed, his hands were great physical violence bull rushes inside outside he could do all of it right mm-hmm. um they they do have one guy I'm very interested in and of course it's not a simple read uh Scotty Humpich is from Murray State and he's an exciting player you know I really enjoyed watching his film he's I think a primary speed to the outside rusher and not not I think he is like most of his pressure comes from speed to the outside explosive dude Six three, six four, um, maybe not definitely not as strong as Loftus, but I, I think enough strength to hold up. Um, and great hands. The one thing I think you can say that the similarity there is elite hand usage. So he can create some pressure, but then it the one game I watched him where he was playing against comparable players is he's he's playing against uh Cincinnati. And and you know, Cincinnati's a great team. They made the college football playoff last year. But Olaf Fashanu, we've been talking about him with very high expectations. So he should be able to handle a player like that, you yeah. know, coming up from Murray State. But he is a player like he is a guy you have to be aware of. I think he can, you know, make a name for himself week one on the national stage, getting some sacks and, and getting pressure. But overall, Penn State should be able to handle the pass rush for Purdue. And I do think that's an advantage coming into this game as opposed to what it would have been last year. Yeah. Um, and, and to answer your first question, because I always feel bad if I if, gloss over something. Well, well you Purdue. did. <laughs> <laughs> but it sets the stage now that we know kind of what it's all about the D-line. It's okay. all about the D-line. And when it comes to defensive scheme, I, I at least I focus a lot on the coverage aspect because that's where you have the most variety um they run a lot of cover three and a lot of single high looks so everything in the cover one family where you have a single high safety and you're playing you know two corners deep or you're rolling to cloud coverages or things like that they play a lot of single high but they do mix in you know two high looks cover 4 essentially. So what that is and this is typical of a lot of teams is they're playing soft coverages to keep everything in front of them yeah. and let the D line go to work, right? So enough disguise to try and slow down the quarterback so the D line can go get to uh get to the passer. Um but when they are they're not an aggressive team on neutral downs for the most part. They will run blitz a lot. Because little Manny Diaz here, if they want to get you in negative situations to let their pass their pass rush take take over, yep. Um, but then when they get to third down, all bets are off. They they played a lot of cover zero last year, which is no safety. So <laughs> by the way, if if you don't know cover blank means how many safeties are there deep? One, one safety cover. Two, that's two safeties. Cover three. Uh, you know, and so on and so forth. And it means the deep defenders. So you work in corners and stuff like that. But um, yeah, they run cover zero a lot, which is man coverage, no safety, all out pressure. And um, I I mean,
0: just from what you were able to see, I mean, how how um how prudent is that of the I mean, is that risky of them? Yes, yeah. given the personnel and and they,
1: they gave up a 70-yard touchdown to uh to Notre Dame in one game because the a guy ran a slant the the corner didn't tackle the the player and there was nobody else there to uh, to catch him and he went for you know 60 plus yard touchdown however long it was so yeah. it, it, when it works it works and when it doesn't that's the risk reward of playing a defense like that yeah. um but the bet was you overload with pressure you have to pay attention to Karloftis and you can get guys coming through the a gap on blitzes and you know it, it's 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 a gamble, but it paid off a lot for them last year. You um,
0: you, you touched on this last night on the message board at Blue White Illustrated. Sign up for only a dollar.
1: Yeah. By the way, right I want to give, give a shout out to Bloom Knit, who uh, put me on to Scotty Humpich. I had him on my list of transfers, but when he said what he said... I bumped him up the list and that kind of changed my opinion of this defense this year. So sorry, continue. Tell, tell I, them all the just, great stuff that's going on in the message board. That's the
0: BWI community for you always yeah. coming through. Um, no, but what you said, what you said last night was something to the effect of banging your head against the wall, uh, committing to running the ball, right? Yeah. That, that if you, if this is the approach that Penn state's going to take, it could actually end up leading to, a a little bit of a long night to be honest with you it it reminded me a little bit of of Villanova last year just in the sense of the storyline going into Villanova was oh Penn State can't run the ball you got to run the ball you got to establish it right now but also Villanova stops the run so you know what I mean so like that didn't that didn't align and now this offseason it's been the entire same same storyline Penn State I think will probably have an urge to, to run the football, but yeah, I think as you're suggesting that might not be uh, the best way to go about attacking this pretty team.
1: Yeah. So the, the defensive tackles are good. Branson Dean in particular is a player. He's six two two eighty, violent hands, very strong, um, hard to block. Now you can block him and he will give up some on double teams, but if you're running inside zone and you have a single block on him and he's not a part of a double team, he'll, he'll swim, move that he'll get in the backfield. He'll cause a lot of problems. Uh, and then number 90 is the other player. I'm pulling up his name. So when I'm watching film, I'm just seeing the numbers and, yeah. and, and I feel bad. Uh, Lawrence Johnson is the other guy, Redshirt senior 6'3", uh, three ten. He is a, he's a good one tech. He's a good nose tackle but he's more size than strength, I'd say. So at 310, he's hard to move. He's a good football player, but he's not at the same level as, as Dean is. And if he was, he'd be a first-round pick because you, you blend the size with the speed. That's what you get. So that tandem is good. And then the middle linebacker, the Mike linebacker, 43. I believe he's back this year. And this is the, the problem with Purdue. They brought in a lot of transfers, and, uh, and it's kind of – trying to keep everybody in line of who they are Kieran Douglas I believe is the same 43 from last year he was their their Mike linebacker and he's a good player he's a smart player puts himself in good position and I, I didn't see a ton of mental mistakes physical player but you know the the linebackers I in general I tend to ignore because if they're good it means the defensive line is keeping them clean and if they're good, it means that the guys that are making plays in coverage, then I pay attention to those players because they're affecting the football. But in general, you need to be in your spot as a linebacker. That's your job is to be in your spot. And if you're making plays, it's obvious. I don't really have to be like, oh, I'm going to look in and look at this. And a couple guys do that and they, they stand out with technique. And that's when you pay attention to some of the fine details. You see guys like, you know, 43. But um, really, that's the strength of the defense up the middle. the Mike Linebacker and the two defensive tackles. But the depth behind them is not good. It is just not. At least last year, it was terrible. You can take those guys and you can shove them to the sideline. So uh-huh. if Penn State struggles to run the ball early, but then when the second wave of the D-line comes in, you might be able to get some yardage off of those guys.
0: Is, is there a... a um delineation I guess between maybe not necessarily just running the ball but running the ball between the hashes and mm-hmm. running the ball outside I mean do you, do you, is 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 trying to exploit the edges a a different story a little bit for this defense or is it more or less the same the
1: same idea So I it it depends on, this is when I I talk about using outside zone and I talk about uh, using different schemes. Most of Penn State's schemes are targeted at the interior of the offensive line. That a lot of running schemes are just between the A and B gap. And that's kind of how running works. So when you talk about getting to the outside, Penn State doesn't run a lot of sweeps. They don't run a lot of, you know, buck sweeps or, you know, pull linemen out into space other than on counter and power. And that's kind of, that's kind of at the the C gap. You don't really get anything too far outside the numbers. There's not a lot of pitches and stuff like that. And when you do those things, typically linebackers can flood into that zone. And when you play, so going back to the coverage, the other part of playing that single high look is that it allows you to throw numbers at the box. So you've got three deep, you got a box safety, or some guy hanging around maybe eight, nine yards, right? And then he can fill the alley. He can push that stuff back inside. So you may be running away from the interior, but you're still kind of running to numbers. And it's about creating effective, um, you know, just using running plays effectively of getting guys to be out of position, out of gap. And then when you get those guys out of gap, see it, hit it, and run for a lot of yards. Because there were times I saw last year, even against like Wisconsin, where this defense was slightly out of gap, there's an, the you know, you pull and everyone from the backside has to flow to the front side. That doesn't always happen, even with six-year players. So you get an A gap open. If you get the A gap open, this is where the Nick Singleton thing comes in: is run as fast as you can through the A gap and don't yeah. let the guy get you in an arm tackle. Just hit it and first off, see it. Have the patience to see it. Let it develop, and then when you see it, be a freight train. I think that's where Penn State can get some yards here. So, you know, this is not a defense you can't run on. And gotcha. and the the last part of getting to the outside is their D ends are good run stuffers. They're and good being relative as in they're competent. I, I wouldn't say they're elite, but they're good players. They're big bodied, they're physical, kind of what you want if you don't have an elite pass rusher. So those guys setting the edge of the pocket that is going to be an issue i think for penn state so overall i think purdue if there's one thing they can do they can frustrate you on the ground with numbers or with talent and then some combination therein but you can get them you just have to get them when you have the opportunity lucky land casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten
0: lucky lucky in line at the deli i guess aha in my dentist's office. More than once, actually.
1: Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
0: What, uh you know, look, like all of this kind of takes us on these varying paths to the same place, which is named Sean Clifford. Right. 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 What, what does he need to do? What can he not do uh, against this Purdue
1: defense? Panic, Um, you know, panic. And then I I think, so this is where the, 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 the secondary and the changes they've made there. That's where I don't know. Be what what the future holds in this situation. Reese Taylor came over from Indiana. I'd call him a B-plus player. He's a good football player. But, you know, when he faced Jahan Dotson, Jahan got him on a couple of routes. The ball just didn't go that way. So there's, there's a level of they're better there, but, you know, I wouldn't call them elite at, in the secondary. And they have another guy from Abrams State, I think, is where the other transfer is from, at the other corner. So... Last year, what I saw when I was watching some film is that the corners in particular, these weren't sophisticated routes. When I was talking earlier about Purdue against Iowa in the last podcast and the, you know, David Bell's running a, a, a route that has three cuts in it. They were getting beat on just go balls. So you run in a straight line and that dude didn't catch you from jump and it's over. That's they were they were bad last year, where you could just run a nine route and it's open. I don't think that's going to be the case this year. Reese Taylor is a good man cover corner. He can stay with players got good off ball ability. And I think that's a good blend for this particular group, but overall that unit, are they going to make huge mistakes? Are there going to be guys that are wide open? And if that's the case and there's pressure in Clifford's face, he just has to throw the ball. Just throw the ball to the guy that's open because there will be a guy that's open. If there's not that this year, but there's not pressure, that's uh, this is where I don't know the particular personality of this defense this year. So I'm going to assume they're going to be average at everything, kind of like baseline. They can get some pressure, but they're not going to get a lot. Yeah, They can cover, but they're going to make some mistakes. They're going to blow some coverages. Yeah. So I think he's going to have a clean pocket, which is a huge benefit to Penn State because we know how well he does from a clean pocket. When they blitz him and they're going to blitz him, don't panic find the open player. Cause if they're throwing seven guys at the line of scrimmage, somebody's open and you've got to find the guy who's open. Gotcha. Gotcha. Do you, um,
0: do you anticipate any, like, are there any wrinkles, I guess, outside of things that Mike you did. sitting Oh, listen to me. I hate myself. <laughs> wrinkles. Yeah. Stop saying wrinkles. Idiot. Um, are there different things, I guess, that Mike Yurish can do, or that that Penn State hadn't done last season that would seem to be effective offensively against what Purdue likes to do, or is this a, a fairly straightforward equation for Penn State going into this game?
1: Um, hmm. So, so from from a pass game perspective, they did basically everything last year. So. I don't effectively. I think, like, <laughs> well, they did. So it's like they did everything, right? So they threw the deep ball. They threw swing passes. They got intermediate routes. I guess it would be target the middle of the field. You know, I don't think the safeties are particularly great. I don't think the slot corner is particularly great. They have the uh, Jalen Graham is their Sam linebacker. He's six three two twenty. 220 Again, a solid player. I think he's a decent guy against the run. Not great. And he's good in coverage, but, if Theo Johnson is great, Theo Johnson needs to be great. If, if Brenton strange is going to be great, Brenton strange needs to beat that guy in single coverage. Cause you'll get those opportunities where they will play man coverage. They'll play cover one. They'll mix that in. So you've got to find those matchups and, and beat those guys. And that comes back to Clifford yeah. using the whole field, not being afraid to throw to guys and not locking onto one individual receiver, whether that's by scheme or by decision of the quarterback. So the other thing is just, I, I was watching Penn State versus Indiana, and I was watching one particular play. They're running a three deep look, and they've got the linebacker. You know, this is this is easy to see from a thousand feet away, but Sean Clifford throws underneath to John Lovett, and everyone rallies and tackles. It becomes third and seven if he pump fakes or if he holds the ball just a split second, Breton strange is screaming over the top of that formation into a giant void because the the safety's 20 yards deep, but that requires you to feather the ball over those players and hit that guy in between windows. That's a difficult thing, but it's there like that yeah. pass is there. And this is what I said about the, uh, the Purdue quarterbacks outside of, what O'Connell brings is he's aggressive. He's throwing it to Strange in that situation. He's yep. going to do that. Um, Mike, Yersich calls those one-inch throws where you've got to put it right over the tip of the fingers of the linebacker when he jumps, like 10 feet in the air. They practice that all the time. Put that into your repertoire as a quarterback. And then, I, you know, there you go. That's that's the answer for a right. lot of these problems is be better and find those weaknesses in in the defense. But again, super easy for me to say sitting here. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
0: kind of wrap it up here, but one element you, you mentioned, uh, produce proclivity for, for blitzing and and throwing some different things at you, I guess on third down in particular, what type of a factor would you envision Penn States, right? Like if you're looking at the running backs and picking up yes. blitzes, what, um, is, is that a, is that a tough ask? I guess if, as expected, you've got some some true freshman running backs in there, uh, maybe in some of those situations. Or is that is that the type of situation that, you know, you, you want to avoid? You want to have a, a <laughs> right. You just want to have your experienced, uh, you know, running back who can pick up a, a pass splits like that in those situations.
1: So I'm going to give you the, uh, the sarcastic answer first, which it's always better to avoid third and nine. So just don't ever be in third and nine. Yeah, sure. Uh, no problem. <laughs> yeah. super on. easy. <laughs> uh, I guess the, the thing I'd say is it's always, a, to me, it's always a complicated thing looking at these situations. Yes, your running back needs to be solid in pass protection, but don't expect him to block like a guard. So get the ball out of your hand. You know I that's have. coming. So as the quarterback, anticipate and deliver so that, you know, maybe you're throwing off your back foot. The guy's giving you a little bit of heat, but if the running back just checks him, just a shoulder check to get him out of the way so that you can throw the football, that's all you need in those. That's all you're going to get in those situations. So don't expect Keevon Lee to, to walk up into the B gap and stone a guy because one, they're bringing, like, let's say they're bringing seven. And this is something I notice of like all the teams I've seen and I looked at. They don't blitz in even situations, but when they blitz, they bring seven guys. You're not, you don't have seven guys to block. You need to get guys in the pass route. So those need to be quick decisions and you need to anticipate where they're bringing, you know, replace with the ball and that sort of thing. When you're throwing over a blitz, all those principles, just remember those in the moment, find the guy that's open and throw him the football. If it's as simple as that, then You've defeated said blitz. Gotcha. And that's where it comes back to those those matchups of uh Graham against the tight ends or number 17 the slot corner against Parker Washington. Like he should eat that guy alive. Penn State has better athletes. So in those situations, find that guy and see if you can get Parker Washington to get the ball in his hands and go 75 yards for a touchdown. If you that's how you break this game open, is when they gamble or when they make a mistake, you have to make them pay for it. Going back to what we said about Aiden O'Connell, it's kind of the same thing of this in this situation, you've got experienced quarterbacks and they need to play like it. The guy, overly simple or not, the guy that does that is going to put their team in a position to win. And the guy that turns the ball over and the guy that makes mistakes in these situations that even if they lead to punts, that's going to be the team that has the harder time winning and might not win. You know, it's all there's always the ifs and buts, but the that's worst. how I'm looking at it. Overall thoughts. Last last words. You know, anything, anything that, um,
0: you know, if you if you boil down this game and what it looks like, what you think the the keys are going to be from Purdue's defensive side perspective. What uh, what are they?
1: I think it's the transfers. Those those guys are wild cards, especially Taylor and really it if, if he can be a factor as a pass rusher and he can keep Sean Clifford uncomfortable, then I think it's an even game. If they don't get a pass rush, Penn State wins this game. I don't see that secondary even with Reese Taylor because they already got him, right? So in a game against Indiana, Reese Taylor was in the secondary and he gave up a touchdown to Sean Clifford who was scrambling. So he's not an elite guy that can cover forever and be great and all those things. So if Sean Clifford, keeps his head on his shoulders, Penn State should be able to put up 38 points in this game. This is a good, tough defense, a good, tough test out of the out of the gates. But if you're on point, this is why you are Penn State and they are Purdue. And those prevailing narratives have always been there. Don't get upset because that's 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 what it is. They will be the team that upsets you. They don't have the same depth of talent. They don't have the same depth of talent at the defensive tackle position. So when you get a mistake, when you get a physical, and by the way, they're not all mental, a physical mistake is you get your, you get your ass beat on a double team. When you, when you find a mistake, exploit it mercilessly. And if they can do that, I, I think they can do that. Yeah, Gotcha.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, taking my earbuds out, <laughs> handing over the reins back to you. Take us home, buddy.
1: All right, so a couple of news and notes here. I do want to say, first off, thank you to everybody who's watching the the video. If you want to, you can subscribe here on our YouTube channel. And if you're listening at this point, I should have said this earlier during the beginning, uh, please give the video a like because it helps us out with... The Almighty Algorithm. We are but slaves to the Almighty Algorithm. So please like the video, share with your friends. And uh, one last note here on the show. The week of the Purdue game. So... So what date is that? August, whatever that is. I think it's 29th. We're moving the Daily Edition. It appears uh, we air this at 3 p.m. on YouTube. We are now going to start airing it at 7 the week of. And that's going to be the schedule going forward as we're moving this to prime time. So the BWI Daily Edition coming to you at 7 p.m. starting on August 29th. I've been meaning to say that for like a week, and I keep forgetting. So I'm just going to take a couple seconds here to say that. But other than that, Nate will be back for the mailbag tomorrow. Penn State practice coming up tonight. Make sure you're looking on uh, Blue White Illustrated on YouTube. Penn State football, you can just search us there. And uh, you'll see practice highlights from Penn State week three of training camp. Nate, it's almost here. Can't wait. All right. We'll be back tomorrow on the BWI Daily Edition.